1 Thessalonians 2 verse 16, to fill up their sins alway, for the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. A sermon by Jonathan Edwards. In verse 14, the apostle commends the Christians Thessalonians that they became the followers of the churches of God in Judea, both in faith and in sufferings, in faith, and that they received the word not as the word of man, but it is in truth the word of God, in sufferings, and that they had suffered like things of their own countrymen as they had of the Jews, upon which the apostle sets forth the persecuting, cruel, and perverse wickedness of that people who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they do not please God, and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved. Then come in the words of the text to fill up their sins always, for the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. In these words we may observe two things. One, to what effect was the heinous wickedness and obstinacy of the Jews? namely, to fill up their sins. God has set bounds to every man's wickedness. He allows men to live and to go on in sin until they have filled up their measure, and then he cuts them off. To this effect was the wickedness and obstinacy of the Jews. They were exceedingly wicked, and by this filled up the measure of their sins a great pace. And the reason why they were permitted to be so obstinate under the preaching and miracles of Christ and of the apostles and under all the means used with them was that they might fill up the measure of their sins. This is agreeable to what Christ said in Matthew 23, verses 31 and 32. Therefore, you be witnesses to yourselves that you are the children of them that killed the prophets. Fill you up then the measure of your fathers, number two, the punishment of their wickedness. The wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. There is a connection between the measure of men's sin and the measure of punishment. When they have filled up the measure of their sin, then it's filled up the measure of God's wrath. The degree of their punishment is the utmost degree. This may respect both the national and personal punishment. If we take it as a national punishment, a little after the time when the epistle was written, wrath came upon the nation of the Jews to the uttermost and her terrible destruction by the Romans. When as Christ said in Matthew 24, verse 21, there was great tribulation, such as never was since the beginning of the world to that time. The nation had before suffered many of the fruits of divine wrath for their sins, but this was beyond all that. This was their highest degree of punishment as a nation. If we take it as personal punishment, then it respects our punishment in hell. God often punishes men very dreadfully in this world, but in hell wrath comes on them to the uttermost. By this expression is also denoted the certainty of this punishment. For though the punishment was then future, yet it is spoken of as present the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. It was as certain as if it had already taken place. God, who knows all things, speaks of things that are not, as though they were, for things present and things future are equally certain with him. It also denotes the near approach of it. The wrath is come. In other words, it is just at hand. It is at the door. 
As it proved with respect to that nation, their terrible destruction by the Romans was soon after the Apostle wrote this epistle. Teaching When those that continue in sin shall have filled up the measure of their sin, then wrath will come upon them to the uttermost. Proposition 1 There is a certain measure that God has set to the sin of every wicked man. God says concerning the sin of man, as he says to the raging waves of the sea, Hitherto shall you come, and no further. The measure of some is much greater than others. Some reprobates commit but a little sin in comparison with others, and are so to endure proportionably a smaller punishment. There are many vessels of wrath, but some are smaller and others greater vessels. Some will contain comparatively but little wrath. Others a greater measure of it. Sometimes when we see men go to dreadful lengths and become very heinously wicked, we are ready to wonder, why does God leave them alone? He sees them go on in such a dashes wickedness and keeps silence. Nor does anything to interrupt them, but they go smoothly on and meet with no hurt. But sometimes the reason why God lets them alone is because they have not filled up the measure of their sins. When they live in dreadful wickedness, they are but filling up the measure which God has limited for them. This is sometimes the reason why God allows very wicked men to live so long because their iniquity is not yet full. Genesis 15 verse 16 The iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. For this reason also God sometimes allows them to live in prosperity. Their prosperity is a snare to them and an occasion of their sin in a great deal more. Therefore God allows them to have such a snare because he allows them to fill up a larger measure. So for this cause he sometimes allows them to live under great light, in great means and advantages, at the same time to neglect and misimprove all of it. Everyone shall live until he has filled up his measure. Proposition number two. While men continue in sin, they are filling up the measure set them. This is the work in which they spend their whole lives. They begin in their childhood, and if they live to grow old in sin, they still go on with this work. It is a work with which every day is filled up. They may alter their business in other respects. They may sometimes be about one thing and sometimes about another, but they never change from this work of filling up the measure of their sins. Whatever they put their hands to, they are still employed in this work. This is the first thing that they set themselves about when they awake in the morning, and the last thing that they do at night. They are all the while treasuring up wrath against the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. It is a gross mistake of some natural man who think that when they read and pray they do not add to their sins, but on the contrary think they diminish their guilt by these exercises. They think that instead of adding to their sins, they do something to satisfy for their past offenses. But instead of that, they do but add to the measure by their best prayers and by those services with which they themselves are most pleased. Proposition number three. When once the measure of their sins is filled up, then wrath will come upon them to the uttermost. God will then wait no longer upon them. Wicked men think that God is altogether such an one as themselves, because when they commit such wickedness, he keeps silence. 
Because judgment against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the children of men is fully set in them to do evil. But when once they have filled up the measure of their sins, judgment will be executed. God will not bear with them any longer. Now is the day of grace and the day of patience, which they spend in filling up their sins. But when their sins shall be full, then will come the day of wrath, the day of the fierce anger of God. God often executes his wrath on ungodly men in a less degree in this world. He sometimes brings afflictions upon them, and that in wrath. Sometimes he expresses his wrath in very sore judgments. Sometimes he appears in a terrible manner, not only outwardly, but also in the inward expressions of it on their consciences. Some, before they have died, have had the wrath of God inflicted on their souls in degrees that have been intolerable. But these things are only forerunners of their punishment, only slight foretastes of wrath. God never stirs up all of his wrath against wicked men while in this world, but when once wicked men shall have filled up the measure of their sins, then wrath will come upon them to the uttermost.